In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful gospel we hear today, especially as we enter into this, this feast of Pentecost, which is the day in which the Holy Spirit, we remember, if we remember from the last week's homily, Jesus says, do not go out until I clothe you from on high, until I send you the counselor, until I send you that help from heaven, and that help from heaven is the Holy Spirit. And so we remember this day on Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit descends upon the apostles, descends upon the followers of Jesus, and they're strengthened and they go out. All of us who are sitting here today, all of us, who have received baptism, shortly after we receive the sacrament of baptism, we go on to the sacrament of confirmation. A lot of times we overlook it, a lot of times we don't quite understand it, and yet I want to talk about this today because it is exactly this confirmation that we all have received the sacrament after baptism that strengthens us with the Holy Spirit. The very word confirmation comes from the Latin word conformare, which means, in short, a strengthening. A strengthening of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is now within you. He has descended upon your hearts. He now lives in you, and He strengthens you. Now remember what I said last week and the week previous. Every homily is going to build on each other. Pay attention. Pay attention with me. Let's study the Word of God together. Amen? So stick, stick close, okay? Whenever we receive this strengthening of the Holy Spirit, three things happen. Three things happen in confirmation that I want us to pay attention to. The first is, the Holy Spirit strengthens our relationship with Jesus. The second thing that happens is that it allows us to defend our faith, to have this courage to defend our faith out in the world. As I've said numerous, numerous times, when we go out into the world, it's a scary world. We don't quite know what to expect, and the world is constantly against us. And so the Holy Spirit strengthens us. Strengthens us to go out there in order to preach Jesus, and to never be ashamed of our faith. The third thing that happens in the strengthening is that we can go out there and spread the word of Jesus. I say it every week because Jesus says it specifically to all of us. Jesus wants us not to keep this faith to ourselves, but to go out there and preach the word of Jesus. The first one. The Holy Spirit gives us the knowledge of Jesus, gives us this relationship with Jesus. Let's put it this way. I'm kind of a history nerd. How many people know who Winston Churchill is? Raise your hands. Good. Raise them high so I can see. Yeah, good. Okay, so good half number, right? I'm a, I'm a history nerd. If you know me... <laughs> For example, one time I led a, uh, a, group, a group of friends in Rome. I've been to Rome a num number of times. I led them to a place in Rome, and it, was, it, was, it took a couple hours to get there. I didn't tell them where we were going, and they thought they were going to see something really cool or whatnot. And I took them to a place, and then I'm like, here, here it is. Here it is. And all my friends are looking around, they're like, where, where is it, what is it? And they're looking at a marker in the ground, and it says, this is the place where Julius Caesar died. And all my friends are like, are you serious? <laughs> Right? This is, this, is, this is what Father Marcus looks up to, right? This is what Father Marcus kind of, kind of appreciates in history. I look, look to these people in history, and they're very, very interesting, and that's what kind of interests me, right? And so they look at me like, why are my friends with you, right? <laughs> Anyways, so Winston Churchill, right? Winston Churchill is a man who in the 1940s, 1930s, he becomes the Prime Minister of England during this time in World War II, when Germany basically takes over all of Europe. And so now it's just literally... It's Britain and Germany. Britain versus Germany, and he's leading Britain in one of the worst times you can imagine. Now, Winston Churchill, when he, when he became prime minister, nobody really liked him. 
In World War I, he lost his he was a, a, a naval fleet commander, and he lost all of his ships to the Turks. So he was disgraced. Nobody trusted him. Everyone thought he was, he was not too smart, not too brilliant for the position, whatever it might have been. And yet he won through World War II. He went through World War II and he won. When I was a kid, when I was a teenager, again, I wasn't very ordinary. I used to read biographies on, on Winston Churchill. I used to read his autobiography, whatever it might be. I used to read through his speeches. And so I admired I admired him because he was a man who knew how to keep on going despite all odds. Despite all odds, also he was a funny guy. He was known as being very direct. One woman one time came up to him and said, Winston, if I was your wife, I would put poison in your drink. Winston Churchill looks at her and says, Madam, if I was your husband, I would drink it. <laughs> right? and, so, and, so, <laughs> and so here's Winston Churchill. He was a funny guy, but he knew how to get up. I know a lot about this man, but I have no relationship to him. I cannot say that he is my friend. I cannot say that I know him personally, even though I know so much about him. The difference is with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is not just someone who lived 2,000 years ago, and that's it, it's done. He was a nice teacher, a nice guy, who said some nice things. He was a philosopher we can all look up to. He was a teacher, and that's about the extent. We admire him as Christians. No, 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 we don't just admire Jesus Christ. The same way we admire someone in history. But rather, that relationship with Jesus Christ is something that is alive. It's something that is alive in our hearts, and that's able to be done through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit strengthens our relationship with Jesus so that we're able to know Jesus further and further. We're able to understand Him and we're able to walk with Him. The first one, He strengthens our relationship with Jesus Christ. The second, when we have this relationship with Jesus Christ, naturally when we go out into the world, we live our faith. We want to live our faith for the one whom we love. But when we live our faith, society will oftentimes attack us. Yeah? It's going to attack us. And the Catholic faith is certainly under attack, right? It's certainly under attack today, and we know this. In fact, in just the 1900s, just the 20th century, there have been more persecutions of Catholics and Christians in just that hundred years than all the 1800 years previous combined. Think about that. In just the past 120 years, there's been more persecutions of Christians than the 18 centuries, the 1800 years before that. And so the 21st century is not going to be any easier. We're still going to come under attack. We're still going to be belittled for our faith. And here is the Holy Spirit who strengthens us. Who strengthens us and now tells us we can now defend our faith. We have this relationship with Jesus that we can defend our faith and we have this zeal. We have the zeal as confirmed Christians, as Christians who have received the Holy Spirit to become soldiers. Soldiers for our faith. And so that is the second thing the Holy Spirit does. The third thing the Holy Spirit does is spreading the gospel. I tell you this all the time. I tell you this all the time because it's not me. I'm not saying this. It's Jesus who says, once you receive the Holy Spirit, how much of a shame is it for you to sit down and just, you know, just kind of, okay, what do I do? I'm just going to, you know, practice my faith until I die. And then I'll hopefully raise my kids in, in, the, in the Catholic Church and things like that. And that's how I spread the faith. No, no. You spread the faith by the way in which you live your life. Don't just sit down. Don't keep it to yourself. Go out. The word apostle means to be sent out. It's not just stay home. Sent out. Go out into the world and tell people you're Christian. Go out into the world and show people you're a Christian. 
Go out into the world and preach the gospel at all times, as St. Francis says, and when necessary, use words. By your actions, they will know that you are set apart. Go out into the world and tell people you are Christians. When we know these three gifts, right? To know Jesus, to have this relationship with Jesus, to be able to defend our faith, to be able to spread the gospel. Jesus, again, doesn't just leave us alone after he gives the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit comes, when he comes into your life, he brings you gifts. He doesn't come empty-handed, but he brings you gifts. And today I want to focus on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are seven. Church lists are seven, but don't worry. We'll go through each one of them step by step. We'll go, I'll say a little bit about each one of them. But again, please stick with me so that we can learn more about our faith. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are wisdom, knowledge, understanding, fortitude or strength, counsel, or direction rather, piety, our faith, how we pray, and lastly, fear of the Lord. These seven gifts are what the Holy Spirit gives us so that we can go out there and that we can spread the faith, that we can go out there and we can be led to Jesus Christ. Let's focus on wisdom, knowledge, understanding. The reason why I encourage you all to really kind of explore your faith, to really kind of study your faith, is because for most of us, and this kind of is a very disturbing statistic, right? For most Catholics, our, in our religious instruction, our religious learning really kind of ends at First Communion. After First Communion, we're kind of just kind of trying to figure out our faith for ourselves. There's a lot of misconceptions that we believe. Sometimes it's the church. Sometimes we do pick up the Bible. Sometimes we do read. But for most Catholics, it ends at First Communion when they're about fourth or fifth grade. You can't do that. How are you going to convert the world? How are you going to make saints in the world if you're not understanding your faith? If we're not growing in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding? How many of you would go to a surgeon, and as you're talking to the surgeon, the surgeon's like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, I, I stopped really studying, um, you know, anatomy and, and surgical techniques when I was a teenager. When I was about 15 years old, I stopped learning all that stuff. Are you going to trust that surgeon with a knife? No. You're not going to be put under by this guy. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. How many of you would send your car to a mechanic who really, again, stopped learning when he was like 12 years old? I kind of stopped learning about cars. I just kind of, you know, I wing it as I go along. You're not going to do that. It's not, a, it's not logical. How many people out there are going to trust you if you don't know your own faith? If you are not an expert in your own faith? If you're not growing in this wisdom, knowledge, and understanding? If you're not growing in your friendship with Jesus? Grow in your friendship with Jesus, and I promise you, you will make saints in your own family as well as beyond. Next there is fortitude. Fortitude basically means courage. The ability to strengthen, to be strengthened against all odds, the, the ability not to be ashamed of your religion. Again, as I said before, you will be belittled in the world. Your faith will be made fun of, you will be persecuted. You will be made fun of if, you, if kids are doing the sign of the cross in school before they eat, or if they say they believe in something like Christianity, a backwards religion, right? How could you believe in such a backwards religion, whatever it might be? People are going to look down on I'm reminded also of courage when I'm reminded of those four sisters who were in Yemen, right? They were in the southern town of Yemen, these four missionaries of charity, Mother Teresa's orders. They go out around the world, Mother Teresa's uh, order of nuns, and they help those who are most in need. In 2016, in Yemen, a lot of the people in the town told, her, told them, listen, sisters, it's getting very dangerous. Leave. 
leave. And the sisters kind of stayed behind because they saw the poorest of the poor that they were serving. And they realized that if they left, nobody would care for them. And so they asked God for the fortitude, the strength to stay behind. And all four of them were killed, martyred in Yemen. That is the kind of strength we are asked to have. The same thing happens again in the 21st century. We need to ask the Holy Spirit for that gift of strength. Next we have piety. Piety means how do you pray, right? As well as fear of God. Piety and fear of God means putting God at the center of all your life. Making sure God is the center. Prioritizing. He must be at the center of everything that we do. It cannot be wealth, it cannot be money, it cannot be pleasure, it cannot be honor, it cannot be self-esteem, it cannot be the esteem from others that we seek. It cannot be these things. It must be firstly rooted in God, and once we know who God is in our life, that, that is where we have righteousness. That is where we know our life is ordered perfectly towards what it should be. Lastly, is counsel. Counsel means asking the Holy Spirit for those right decisions in life. You see, every decision you make in life shapes the kind of person you are to be. If you make honest decisions, you're known as an honest person. If you love another, you're known as a loving person. If you're truthful, if you're kind, you're compassionate, that's the kind of person you're known to be. But if, if we choose not to take that narrow road, that very difficult road of following the Holy Spirit in the way of righteousness, but we choose to get, instead the wide road that the whole entire world follows into an, a road of hatefulness and evilness and despair and sin, we're not really using counsel. But counsel is that ability to tell right from wrong. Being able to tell right from wrong. And that is what Jesus wants from us. That is what the Holy Spirit guides us. My brothers and sisters, you all have these gifts. You all who are baptized and confirmed have these gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they're not lazily given to you. You need to accept them. You need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You need to say, Holy Spirit, I realize I have these gifts. Let me work with you. Let me work with you so that I can work for your greater glory. Let me work with you so that I can distinguish between the things of this world and the things of God. So that I can follow that narrow road. So that I can follow Jesus Christ each and every day. So that I can grow in knowledge of you. I want to end with a prayer. A prayer that will help us to recognize the workings of the Holy Spirit. By the way, before I forget, I want us to again keep these, these, uh, these gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want us to kind of remember them. And so a good way to remember, remember them is this. I printed out these sheets at the, at the front of the lobby. Mine is red and colored, but yours will be black and white. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I printed out these sheets, and they have little emojis because, you know, I'm, I'm hip and happening, whatever it might be. So I, I they have these little emojis, but basically... All these things are, are basically a simple explanation of the virtues. What are, the, what are the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit? How do I live the gifts of the Holy Spirit? How are they at work in my life? Be conscious of it. Study it. Ask the Holy Spirit for it. Ask the Holy Spirit for a strengthening of these gifts so that we can live as faithful Christians, as ones who know the Holy Spirit at work in our life. We can just take a moment to pray. If we can all just close our eyes and bow our heads. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, who before ascending into heaven, you promised to send the Holy Spirit to finish your work in the souls of your apostles and disciples. Dare to grant the same Holy Spirit to me, 
that he may perfect in my soul the work of your grace and your love. Grant me the spirit of wisdom, that I might hate the things of this world that fade away, and only look after the things that last forever in heaven. The spirit of understanding to enlighten my mind by your light. The spirit of right judgment, that I might ever choose the surest way of pleasing God and gaining heaven. The spirit of strength and fortitude, that I might bear my cross with you, that I might overcome with courage all the obstacles that oppose my salvation. The spirit of knowledge, that I may know God and know myself and grow more perfect in the science of the saints. The spirit of piety, that I might find peace and fulfillment in the service of God while serving others. The spirit of wonder and awe or fear of the Lord, that I might be filled with loving reverence towards God and my dread in any way to displease him. Teach me, dear Lord Jesus, to be your faithful disciple and animate and work in me all things with your Holy Spirit. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us stand well with joy and gladness and let us implore and say, Lord, have mercy.